Oh, we're live. What's up, everybody? Episode 63, Go Figure Podcast. Good to be with you this day. What is today's date? It's like uh, October 24th. Thanks, Jillian. October 24th. And uh, Ty, it's, uh, there's always something going on. We're, seems there like is. we're doing a little bit of travel here and there, maybe a little bit more than usual. How, how was your weekend? It was great. We went to Vegas. It was our eighth wedding anniversary. Eight, eight, eight years. Wow, it's wild. Um, I'm past. This went to. It was called When We Were Young, which yeah. I'm feeling old, Leo. Like I, I jumped in a mosh pit for a minute. Crazy enough. Oh, and yes. the next morning, I legit felt like I just played a football game. I was in that <laughs> thing for maybe thirty seconds. Um, neck still sore. I feel like I'm maybe getting sick, but uh, it was awesome. It was called When We Were Young. Went and repped our, our emos, not dead. Matt Cutchall, nice. But we got to see, um, we got to see some forty one yellow card, yellow card. That's um, good band. Blink one eighty two, Green Day, Blink one eighty two. Simple Classic. Plan, honestly, Simple Plan was already my favorite, but it was yeah. just so good to go see all those uh, old bands again. That's awesome, man. Good time. Yeah, Jill and I just needed some time away from the kids, and so we it's took great. off to Vancouver. And Vancouver is this beautiful, like, if you pull one of the, I remember the first time I pulled up pictures online, and I'm like, this place looks fake. It looked kind of like Salt Lake City, but on the water, on the ocean, and it's uh, the biggest port there in Canada, so there's a bunch of ships coming in and out. It's surrounded by water, but then it has these spectacular mountain views, and and it was awesome. We went out, and we watched, uh, we did some whale watching, humpback whales, and there's a bunch of bald eagles flying around oh, wow. everywhere. And then uh, they had these uh, epic uh, forests that were like 300-foot trees that you would go, and they would be covered in moss. There was waterfalls everywhere. We went on a 28-mile bike ride. First time ever using an e-bike. You ever, you ever been oh, on an wow. e-bike? No. So these uh, you just pedal, and then depending on what level you have the e-bike on, then it kind of pushes forward, almost like a flywheel. Like you, you pedal it hard, and all of a sudden it – has like uh, more momentum that oh uh, wow so it was kind of cool it wasn't too bad doing 28 miles i was um, gonna say when you told me you and jill went 28 miles like i don't i didn't doubt that both you you both could definitely do it but i ride the peloton a lot and i'm like wow that's a that's a decent ride to just oh it's a decent ride yeah we we started (laughs) on one side of vancouver and went all the way around to the other side crossed these bridges and i mean it took uh several hours to yeah to do it but and then there were some there were some nasty hills that we had to go up too. But wow. but if you turn the the e bike uh, on, and I turned it off on the first hill just because I thought, oh, I can do this, and I did it. <laughs> All of a sudden, Jill was passing me on her e bike. I'm like, I, I better turn the e bike on. So <laughs> that's awesome. I'll have to try one of those. No, I was blown yeah, away. Cool. You were sending me Snapchats, and it's like that that skyline is just it was way bigger city than I thought. Yeah, yeah, it was, awesome. it was cool. We had this awesome uh, balcony with our hotel we're on the third floor. There was this marketplace of little uh, tiny restaurants you could eat uh, all just together in this open marketplace and then the second floor they had a bunch of souvenir shops and t-shirt shops and so it was a but our third floor just right outside our our hotel room had this spectacular view of the skyline it's awesome and uh, and then you jump on these sea buses and they're they're really cheap transportation jill doesn't do seafood right um she likes lobster shrimp okay. and she doesn't mind salmon as long as it doesn't taste fishy but yeah she does not like seafood I say we have similar palates and yeah i don't do that so seafood. we went to a few seafood places and she was just looking for chicken <laughs> yeah it's awesome yeah. well yeah we've got a, a lot of travel coming up too but 
no, we're, we're excited to, to dive into it today and keep you updated with, with where we're going and what we're seeing. And, you know, the world is a crazy place. I, I was actually, a crazy did place. you see that in Vegas that someone, there was, they called it a shooting, but it was just someone that, that got shot. And we were literally like two blocks away from it oh, at I the didn't. moment. It really, what, what happened? I, I didn't go back. They were still, they shut off that section of the strip because they yeah. were still, I need to go look it up and see what happened. But like, it's a little freaky when you're that close to it. It's way freaky. Yeah. Kind of wanted to just go home and be with my boys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like after the next couple of weeks, we're going to, uh, to Vegas. Marcus has a soccer tournament. We're going to go check in on one of our business uh, partners there in Vegas. And then uh, the week after, then we got the family. We're, take, we're uh, going with my sister and her family to Orlando, do the Orlando trip in November. And then I think we'll be traveled out for a while. Yeah. But, yeah. I've got Boise coming up. Yeah. That's get that click funnels mastermind Amen. going. That's going to be fun. Well, dang, I wish I could. I wish I could attend that with you. I know it'll be you, a good. You represent. Yep. Welcome to the Go Figure Podcast, created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right. My name's Leo Cannell. As a husband and father of five, I've been fortunate to create two eight-figure businesses in the fintech space. This podcast will share the values, principles, strategies, tools, and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family. Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. So, you know, you we've... You know, we get thousands of business finance requests from all different kinds of businesses every month. We've served thousands, tens of thousands of businesses uh, over the last few years at Seven Figures Funding. So I thought it'd be interesting today to dive into, I'd say in the last year, just speaking with people who are in the business lending industry, coaches, those who work with business owners, CFOs, CPAs, it feels like there's never been more uncertainty out there in the economy, there was a recent survey done of what expectations are for CEOs for 2024. And I want to say 84% of CEOs expected a recession in 2024, 69% of consumers. But then you ask like economists and it was a much lower percentage and uh, people working at the Fed were like, oh, there's zero chance. Things are great. So you got all this uncertainty and people have different expectations, some expecting very much difficult times and others seeing that everything's going to be great hiring seems like it's still strong in the country real estate uh, connected industries are being punished you still have very high interest rates and so it's this very uncertain time and so i thought it'd be a good time to talk about why do most businesses fail and unpack uh, according to what investopedia says according to what, what score.org says and, and talk about what business owners can do to make sure that they don't fail and that regardless of what happens, you can succeed. There's a bull market somewhere. There's a way to continue to do well and talk about what that is. Yeah, it's, it is interesting that they keep saying everything's great, yet another report comes out that a ridiculous amount of defaults are getting reported on these EIDL loans, yes. which I think it's been a very, very fake market the last year or so because mm -hmm. everyone's been thriving on their EIDL and ERC money. Well, guess what? Now now it's time to, to really start paying those back. And if you're not paying it back, you get held accountable. But I, I mean, which kind of leads right into my, my first thought on this, Leo. The, the number one reason why businesses fail is they're inadequately funded. They don't have the money they need to actually succeed. 
No question about it. So according to Investopedia, they list four reasons of why most businesses are going to fail at some point over time. And the number one uh, reason that they, they put on there first is one that we talk about all the time, financing hurdles. And the problem with most businesses is when they get in trouble and they may not actually qualify anymore, that's when they try to go get financing. And oftentimes that can be too late. And so financial financing hurdles, getting your business funded is what they listed as reason number one. Yeah, which is so interesting because as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, there's there's no such thing as having too much capital, no. right? But these business owners nowadays, they're, they're so scared of having this debt, which a line of credit, it's not even debt until you spend it, but they're so scared of of putting themselves out there. Maybe they've listened to, to too much Ramsey on the personal side of things, but uh, it, exactly like you said, that's probably the number one mistake I see. I mean, I'm looking at this list now and yep. we're going to talk about all of them and I definitely agree, but the one that I see day in and day out is, and we get calls back all the time of people that are like, yeah, I, I didn't need the money right then. And they call us back. Well, now their credit's completely maxed out. Their score's gone down because of their utilization and they can't qualify. If you're waiting to get the money until you're in a time of desperation, then you're not going to qualify at that point. It's just plain and simple. You know, I always talk about this story. I should probably share it with our team a little bit more, but I there was this couple, uh, this guy named Willie. I can't remember his wife. And they reached out to me. This is clear back in 2015. So this is like eight, nine years ago. And they had this trucking business in New York and they qualified for like $250,000 and they decided to just take a hundred of it. And, um, and I told them right then and there, guys, I know you only need a hundred, but it's a line of credit. You should probably take the 200. If you don't need it, great. Don't use it, pay it back, whatever you want to do, but you want to have access to it. And literally, like clockwork, six months later, Willie calls me back and he says, oh, I need that 150000 that I qualified for. I said, okay, well, I sure hope you still qualify for it. And lo and behold, didn't qualify anymore, had some late payments. They weren't going to qualify. He and his wife literally filed for divorce. I don't know if bankruptcy probably happened. And they had the jobs they just couldn't pay for the the trucking and the employees and the fuel up front because they didn't have the money to do it. And that's uh, a cautionary tale that I love to share with yeah. people. When you qualify, that's when you take it and you take it as revolving, a line of credit, business credit card. It's there when you need it in emergency break glass. If big opportunities come by, utilize it for that because it's a great opportunity. But if you don't have access to it, and then when you actually need it, you may not qualify. We see that too often. Absolutely. So that I, I think Investopedia hit the nail on the head there. That's the number yeah. one reason. The second reason, which we've we've definitely in past businesses we've seen, I've I've felt oh I've been a part of, but oh it's boy. inadequate management. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think the the top issue is with with inadequate management? The top mistake? I think it just goes back to what's right outside this door here. Do what you say you're going to do, and there's nothing more debilitating and demoralizing if you are working and you're a part of a team, and your management team and your leaders make promises and they don't follow through with them. They don't do what they committed. They don't do what they say they were going to do for you, for clients, for partners. They break their word. 
there's just nothing worse. It's like when you're, it's like when you're parenting and, and you know, your kids are getting older here, but at some point, if you say something and you don't follow through with it, no one will hold you <laughs> more accountable than your kids. And so I'm very careful to always make sure that I'm, I'm practicing what I'm preaching with my kids. And it's the same with your team. If you are saying something, if you have values and principles and a mission statement, you don't follow through with those with your team, with your kids. No one will hold you more accountable and feel more demoralized and not want to, you know, work for you for your team if you don't do those things. And I think that's at the top of the list with most management fails. Yeah, that and then the thing that I would add is as a business owner, Leo, um, one of the big mistakes that I see people make is let's say you're going out and you're starting a, a solar office. You're not a C-corp. You're not raising capital. You're just starting a solar office. You, you over-executive. What I mean is mm. it's day one and you're the CEO and you named your friend as the COO and your other buddy is the CTO and a, you have a CPO and all of these different chief level executives, but you have two employees, right? So there's this, this huge conflict there of, of who's in charge of what and nobody knows what everyone's doing. And I, I feel like at a past company we both worked at, it was like, oh my god! At one point, there were more owners and chief level positions than employees, and it's you know it's it's kind of hard to to work under that structure. So basically, it, what that comes down to is nobody wants to work. Everybody wants to be a quasi exactly. leader and be in charge, and you got too many cooks in the kitchen and not enough people actually you know doing the work. And so at the beginning, especially the first year or two, like you need to understand you're going to need to work 60, 70 hours a week to make things work, to set up that. And you have to do the work and then you have to create standard operating procedure. And actually, this is what it's going to take to do the job. And I think for a lot of business owners, if you don't understand what it takes to do the key jobs of, of sales, of marketing, of fulfillment of your product or service, then you won't understand the business and... I always appreciated one thing Grant Cardone would do. He would get on the phone with his sales team, with customers, with clients, and he would do it almost on a daily basis because he wanted to be in the trenches doing the work. And I appreciate people. And so that's something that I think you and I have always tried to do. If somebody's gone, hey, I'll get on the phone with that client. Yeah. Hey, I'll get on the phone with somebody so I keep my, my fingers on the pulse of what's going on in the trenches, what are the needs of our customers, clients, what are the obstacles that our team are confronting, and if I don't do that, if I, don't, if I lose touch with that, and especially too soon, then that leads to management issues. Exactly, and, and I, I, I love what you said there about getting in the trenches, but also understanding, too, that your best sales reps aren't your best sales managers. No. Right. Some people are really, really talented at the role, but they're awful at managers. And so you've got to be with inadequate management. I think oftentimes there's this uh, entitlement problem that people think because I've been here the longest, I deserve to be a manager because I'm so-and-so's family. I deserve to be a manager, right? It, it's got to be earned and you've got to prove that you're capable of the job because just being good at sales does not, like I said, make you the right sales manager. And the more I speak with successful entrepreneurs and leaders and managers out there, there's this idea of what's called servant leadership, yeah. where how can I serve you and help you become the best you can become? And if you don't have that focus as a manager, and I see you do this really well all the time, is you're always looking to how can you support them? How can you create systems, processes to make their job easier? And then asking them the questions and listening and learning about what drives them. And then having the right mix of 
of being, you know, a confident manager, but a humble manager, right? Of being somebody who holds them accountable, but is also there to support them and let them know that they can succeed and create solutions. It's this dynamic mix that you have to have as a successful manager or leader. And most people don't. Most people go too far to one side where they're the ultimate authority and they think they know everything and they don't. Or they might be too timid and not actually hold people accountable, hold their feet to the fire. And so you do have to be able to find that mix oh, yeah. as a manager leader. Absolutely. Absolutely. The next, uh, the next thing here, there's four reasons. This is number three, is mm-hmm. ineffective business planning. And my thought on this, Leo, is... As a business owner, you need to understand there's a big, at least in my opinion, there's a difference between goal setting and business planning. Business planning, you almost need to use KPIs, analytics, the data that you have to create a realistic business plan, a realistic model based on the market, based on what's out there. Whereas with goal setting, you can get a little bit further out there, like I'm going to 10X my business and I'm going to do this and do that and set these really massive goals. Sometimes if you do that with a business plan, you're not being realistic. It's not a realistic business plan and it's hard to actually execute it. Um, but I, th- I think ineffective business planning, probably one of the biggest issues there is people don't even have a business plan. No question about it. They don't have a business plan. There isn't a financial plan. There isn't an idea of where is the long-term vision of the company. If you're a business owner, I remember uh, Patrick Bet David shared this where he remembered uh, meeting with like a, you know somebody, a sales manager of a, a sales team. And the business owner didn't have a long-term vision. He was just taking profits, putting his checking account month after month. But there was no bigger vision. There was no big mission of what the company was going to do long-term and how they were going to impact the market and serve more people and deliver more value to their customers or clients. And so business planning comes down to me. A part of it has to be the vision. Where are you going to disrupt the market? And is what you're doing as a business model, can it continue to grow and scale and impact more clients? Because if there isn't future growth, then your great people at your organization will leave because they don't feel like the business is going anywhere. If the business isn't going anywhere, then they feel like there's no real upside for them. And so I feel like that's got to be an important part of the business planning that isn't done and then there has to be a financial section of well if we're going to do these projects if we're going to grow and scale and and bring up a a new department or um, new technology into the business how are you going to financially be able to do that and if you don't even know if you're actually profitable when clients come in the door new clients come in the door what does that profit look like then it's also going to be very difficult to grow and scale. So all of that goes into effective business planning and kind of leads us to our, our next step, which if you don't figure out this last reason why businesses fail, according to Investopedia, then you're going to fail. Yeah. Yeah. And that last one, I think we both have very similar thoughts on this. It's, it's marketing mishaps. Um, and I think one of the biggest mistakes that and we've seen this. We've seen this with partners. They're like absolutely thriving. And then overnight they're gone yep. because their marketing's not diversified. They have one sole source of marketing. If, <sighs> if it's just Facebook and your Facebook account gets shut down, well, how are you going to run your business? If it's just Instagram, same thing. So I think the the number one thought that comes to my mind with marketing mistakes is is you need to diversify your marketing and make sure you have multiple sources of, of lead gen. No question. If... Uh 
If one of your lead sources makes up more than 25% or 50% of your business, well, if that lead source goes out the door, you're in a world of hurt, a world of trouble. And I think back to one of our really strong partners who was killing it for multiple years, growing and scaling, and the majority of his business was coming from an Instagram account. And, you know, that's the problem. You don't have control over these social media companies. And so if uh, that Instagram account gets shut down, gets, you know, cut off or demonetized or whatever the case may be, and you don't even know what happened or you weren't trying to do anything controversial or whatever, or somebody, there were reports, like you will be shut down just like that. Now, all of a sudden, your business comes to a, a halt and a standstill. And so the more you can diversify your lead sources, use multiple social media platforms, and even more than that, if you can have strategic partnerships who are sending you business and you have so many of them that not not one source makes up more than you know, 10, 15, 20% of your business, well, you're, you're going to be okay because you have these direct relationships and one lead source doesn't make up a massive part of your business. And if you don't have that put together, you're going to be in trouble and you have to be able to do all different types of things. If you're looking for a really good resource, I feel like Alex Hormozzi's $100 million leads is a great way to talk about it because he talks about online marketing. He talks about affiliate partnerships and strategic partnerships. He talks about cold outreach, all these different ways to bring in clients. And at some point, if you're going to grow from seven to eight figures, like you have to start incorporating more of these. And the more that you incorporate them and do them well, one at a time, not all at once, then the ability to grow your business is going to be there and you're going to have that control. But if you don't have that control and one lead source walks or even worse, I remember when we first started, we had built out this education platform. Super excited about this education platform, but all the revenue was coming from one partner. Yeah. We kind of build it out for, and they kind of had us by the balls where they say, hey, you know, our business models change. We were paying you $300 a user. Oh, we're going to have to drop it down to 100 We didn't have, what are we going to do? Okay, great, perfect. And so when you don't have that type of diversification and multiple lead sources and the majority of your business comes from one, wow, you can be in trouble very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. But I no, I agree with Investopedia. Those those are definitely the top yeah, four reasons. Really good. All right, then we've got the second half of this is score.org put together five more. And these this kind of comes back to our my figures platform philosophy of, you know, CFO solutions and key performance indicators we put together. And so score.org basically breaks it down into one one uh, word phrase, cash flow. Yeah. Most businesses fail because if you're adequately capitalized and you can invest in marketing, but you the money you bring in has some profitability, some cash flow, and cash flow is just there's money left over in the bank account after you pay all the bills, right? You have marketing, you have employees, you have a team, and there's enough money coming in that there's money left over to pay yourself, you know, invest in the business uh, to grow and continue to take the next step. And if there isn't cash flow left over at the end of the month, then that business is going to be out of business. And so that's that's a key thing. But it, it they unpack in kind of five different sections. Yeah, because like you said, cash flow, it, it can be a lot trickier than just what's left over in the bank account, right? To, to truly Way understand tricky. the cash yeah. flow. And so step one is is you got to actually take the time and develop a budget, right? There's there's so many resources out there nowadays that, that can help you create this budget. If you have no idea how to just jump on to you know, Google, 
sheets and create one yourself, that's okay. There's, there's AI that can do it. There's so many places to help you create the budget. Now there's probably good, better, best ways of, of, of doing it, but there's no excuse as a business owner to not have a budget. Yeah. And, and you think about most people that fail financially personally may not have a personal budget. Clearly as a business owner, you should have your personal budget of all your bills and know exactly what it takes to cover your nut as uh, Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful says on Shark Tank. And it's the same thing. What will cover your nut? What will pay the bills for the business for the month in terms of fixed payroll costs you have? Maybe you've got office rent, you've got marketing costs, you've got software costs, equipment costs. How much do you need to cover the business costs each month? And then, you know, above and beyond that, what's going to be left over as profit to pay your bills as a business owner? What's going to be left over to pay your future taxes? Like you have to you have to plan for all of these things as a business owner, but it starts number one with developing a budget, number one. Number one. Now, number two, again, That's which a good one. we talk a ton about this and it goes beyond, Yeah, we'll just say it. It's protecting your credit. Yeah. People, your personal credit matters. I feel like I'm saying this every single episode, yet I still talk to dozens of business owners every week to say, oh, we'll just check my, my business credit. Well, that, that would be great if I could just check your business credit, but that's not how it works. Your personal credit matters. You need to understand it and you need to protect it. Exactly right. And you should, that's why we talk about having a money date every single week. If you're using the My Figures app, you have your budget, you have your money date, you know if you're winning or losing in your business, and you're looking at your credit at that money meeting that you should, that money date you should be doing. You should be checking your credit, make sure everything's updated. Even when everything's on auto pay, I remember for years we'd had everything on auto pay, and all of a sudden uh, my wife gets a call from Kohl's, and we're like, what the hell? That was on auto pay. It was supposed to pay off this month. And yet somehow the auto pay just turned itself off or Kohl's did something. And guess what? They would not take that 30 day late. So my wife has perfect pristine credit and now she has that one 30 day late. We're never going to be able to get it off. But you know, that's how important it is to check in every single week and make sure that these auto pays are working, make sure that the credit report is updating correctly. Cause if you don't, it's, it's kind of like a reputation thing, right? It takes years to build that great reputation and then one bad thing can ruin it that quickly. And so it's super important to stay on top of that credit. Yeah, which is, I can't stand when people say, well, I don't, I don't do auto pay. No, I don't want them to have access to my account. Well, guess oh, what? Boy. The second you make a payment, they have access to everything that they would ever want anyway. They already know your social. They already know where you, they have everything. You know what's way worse is, is missing a payment. Like you said, people, way worse. you should always, always, always turn on auto pay. That's like saying I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to take a warm shower because someone has to come into my house that I don't know to install a water heater. Like, give me a break. Turn on auto pay. It's a great, great resource we all get in this day and age. So use it, please. All right. Next, we've got a managing marketing, managing inventory, which I feel like we just kind of went over and talked about. And it's it just, again, same thing. Cash flow comes down to understanding your marketing and understanding your budgets. Exactly right. And it comes down to like uh, what's left over on a per basis, right? So if you have a product that you're selling and the product costs you, you know, $40 of wholesale cost and you can retail it on Amazon or your e-commerce store for $100, perfect. You, you know, you've got $40 of cost of goods, $60 of gross margin that's available, perfect. And then if your overhead and everything's another 20, 30%, you know you're profitable at the end of the day. And it's the same thing with marketing. Most business owners, small business owners will say, ah, I'm going to throw 
$10,000 at this billboard. I'm going to put $10,000 at this radio ad. And then at the end of the month, they're like, oh, we, we don't have any. What happened? We, we appear to be losing money. What's going on here? And so whenever you invest in marketing like that, I feel like you don't want to do that until you are so far down the road with your business that you can just afford that, hey, this 10000 might just build our brand. It might not make us money. That's okay. We're in the brand building phase of our business. But at the beginning, and especially first few years, like you have to make sure if you invest a dollar, that two or three dollars is coming out of it. You invest a dollar into a marketing campaign, you need to know if it's profitable. So if you're doing a Facebook marketing campaign, uh, putting a dollar in, you got to be managing those key performance indicators every single week and every single month to know that you're turning a profit on that marketing campaign. And if you're not, then you need to turn it off. You need to adjust it. You need to figure out other marketing means. And that's why a strategic partnership where you are paying out affiliate commissions at a fixed amount where you just require some effort to reach out to that strategic partner is such a great way to go because you know immediately, oh, I'm paying that strategic affiliate partner 20 or 25 percent, 75 percent is coming in the door. I've got, uh, you know, the cost of fulfillment is 30 or 40 of that 75 percent. I am profitable. There's money left over and I'm winning. And if you don't know down to one new customer, one new product sold, if you're actually making money, that I find is a big part of the cash flow problem. Absolutely. And I think to kind of put this all together, the the last thing, well, obviously they talk about having cash reserves, which is like we just mentioned, kind of like accessing capital and funding when it's there so that you have those reserves for the rainy day. But to tie all of this together is it talks about a good CPA or a good CFO, which again, a lot of our client base and following their solopreneurs or gig workers. Maybe they only have one or two employees. They have an LLC. So understanding that there's fractional CFOs out there. Myfigures.com is going to do a lot of this very, very shortly, but having a CFO to help bring this all together and help you understand these different topics and how they work together is, is very important. It really is. And knowing if you're making money or losing money on a weekly monthly quarterly basis will really take a lot of the headache and there's nothing worse than the uncertainty and the unknown and one of the other issues is sometimes you might have some accounts receivables some future money that should be coming in but it's not in until it's actually cleared the bank account and so you have to know how much cash do you have available how much credit do you have available in a revolving line of credit that you can tap into if you need to? If you don't know what those cash reserves and the credit reserves are, and then the future potential money that's coming in the door, then it's really tough to make good decisions. So those are three important focuses. And again, we are putting together a cash flow report of these three items so that small business owners know what's available and whether they're winning the game or not. Absolutely. Well, I know we went a little over on that, but should we... Uh I know that it was a wild, it was a wild, wild weekend. I, I mean, it was a wild weekend. I, I think this year more than ever, Leo, we're, we're talking NFL now, people. Uh, I think this year more than ever, there's, there's not really one or two powerhouse teams. There's like five, six, seven teams that could all legitimately win the Super Bowl this year. And that, that right there, it's kind of exciting. That is why I like the NFL more so than college football. Like, any given Sunday, any team can win. And that you just, 
with college football, you've got so many games where that's not the case. It's like why you, you already know the outcome of the game before you even show up, and you very, oh, yeah. very rarely get that with the NFL. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was an exciting weekend, and I mean, we saw last uh, week the Eagles lost to the Jets. Who saw that coming? Yeah, and now yeah, uh, you know saw. this week we had a uh, number of of wild games last night. Uh, I mean, the the Vikings were two and four. They did not look uh, very good this year so far, but they were playing at home, and the 49ers arguably had been the best team all year long, and they were they were dominated. They were dominated in a lot of areas. The Vikings, I thought, ran the ball well. Their defense played really well. They got turnovers. I mean, they did a great job. Yeah. So that, that any given Sunday, any team can win, and that really means it is one of those years where you're, you're right, there could be 10 teams that could be – they could win the Super Bowl this year. I love how I get on here and say that the the Patriots are literally the worst team in the NFL, and then they go beat the Bills. Granted, it was the, the Bills. The Bills bro. should have lost to the Giants yeah. the week prior. The, the yeah. Bills, we were right on that call. They're they're done. I mean, they're an inconsistent team. If they make the playoffs, they'll lose in the first round. They're going nowhere. But yeah, I, at no this defense. point, I don't think they will make the playoffs. I don't either. I I think they'll finish third in the AFC East. But yep. uh. Well, I'll give you my top five. Um, it's a new top five, I'm guessing. It's tricky. What, it's what it's hard. It I, is. There's, it's funny. Right. There's a few teams we were right on. So who, who do you think looked one. the best over the weekend? <sighs> or which teams? It's hard. Really it's hard. I, the Eagles looked awesome. Yeah, they they, 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 they looked really it good. It felt like they were kind of finding that mojo again. But, again, Miami didn't have either of their starting corners. So they've got like a, a rookie on one it's end, trying AJ to, Brown. yeah, that is AJ just Brown gonna, just punished them exactly. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, the Chiefs are they're they've they're reclaiming the number one spot, Leo. Yeah, it's crazy. They do it year after year. And Andy Reid's just brilliant. Mahomes did, is brilliant. Did you see those stats over the weekend where they were like <laughs> they were breaking down Travis Kelsey when Taylor Swift's in the building versus when she was not? <laughs> See, <laughs> actually like better. <laughs> he was way better. Oh man. <laughs> Well, now uh, like all of his touchdowns and hundred plus yard games were all when she was in the building. Yeah, well, Taylor Swift's getting some heat now. Did you hear? Oh, I didn't. Want she's hanging out with uh, is it Jackson Mahomes, Pat Mahomes' brother? That's kind of had some legal issue for some sexual misconduct. We'll leave it at that. YouTube. Oh, I, um, I, but I, people I, are just appalled that Taylor Swift would be willing to to hang out with him and. So we'll, we'll see if how long this thing lasts. She doesn't like her reputation being tarnished. She'll, oh, yeah write a song about it she did she does have a great song reputation <laughs> so actually on uh friday or what was it thursday before we flew out to vancouver kayla's like dad we've got to go to the taylor swift movie concert so i'm like all right oh, kayla so yeah yeah we went well so i'm putting the chiefs at number one okay my new power five they they've earned it they're getting their pieces back together they're they're starting to mold really well so we've got kansas city at number two, we've got Philadelphia. Okay. Um, yep. At number three, this is this is where it gets tricky for me. Well, tricky. I think that we're, we're talking about two lost teams now, right? We are. We are, and uh, I, there's only two one lost teams. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Just pretty sure. No. Wait. Does Jacksonville have? They've got two. They've got two. Okay. Got two. Yeah, we've we've got Detroit with two, we've got Baltimore yeah. with two. So yeah, Dang, yeah, we just have those two, Kansas yeah. and the Eagles are one last team. So we're we're one and two right there. And then I I think just 
my vibe, watching the teams, everything, trusting their coaches, trusting the, the long-term health, I'm going to go with the 49ers at number three. Okay. I'm going to put them right there. Um, I'm going to go with the Dolphins at number four, especially their any week now. I mean, Xavier Howard's coming back. Jalen Ramsey's going to be coming back pretty soon. Uh, Devin Achan's coming back. Devon Achan, sorry. So, I mean, they're getting healthy at five. I'm going Jacksonville. Ooh, okay. I'm going Jacksonville. I, they, I really want well. I, I It should be Baltimore, honestly. We should I, probably. I thought they might have. They, they looked the best, I thought, over the weekend because I did not expect them to run over Detroit. Yeah. They ran over. It was 38 to 6, wasn't it? Every time I give Baltimore any love, though, they just lose a stupid game. They, they can be. They're, they kind of remind me of the Bills. Yeah. Where sometimes they, they can beat anybody on any given Sunday, but then they can just drop a, you know. Just lose a game to a team that's you know has one or two wins. And yeah, like, how did you guys lose that? Dallas is kind of the same way. Like, yeah. I look like an, every time I I'm sold and I'm like Dallas is good, they lose to an awful team and I just look silly. So yeah. Dallas is going to have to do a lot to ever get back in that top five again. Which they've they've got some big games coming up, and I know they they've got to play Miami, and so it's it's going to be fun. Well, this is. I've really enjoyed this season. It's going to be so an unpredictable year. So, uh, but there's the top five. Jacksonville, I was really, really high on at the start of the year, and they're finally starting to, to prove me right. So I'm, I'm a big Jags fan right now. But Dude, i got to do a shout-out for University of Utah. I did not expect them to be yeah. USC in USC. Apparently, all the sports uh, books took a massive hit over the weekend because – uh, most betters didn't see that one coming. I didn't see that one coming. And, uh, you know, props to that uh, that young kid from Milford, Utah. Barnes. Bryson yeah. Barnes. I mean, he came in clutch there and played exceptionally well. And then and then I, I thought Utah would do this. Like, oh, we're shutting Cam Rising down. He's not coming back this year. His knee's not good. So interesting how that all went down. We yeah. got, a, got a good win, too. Well, you got a good win. And we have Texas this week. And apparently – Yep. You know, young Manning is going to make his Texas debut, so we'll, we'll really? see. Wait, what happened to Texas' starting quarterback? Uh, Quinn Ewers got hurt. I, oh, I don't know how long he'll be out, but... Oh, wow, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, this will be fun. So Good stuff. Go figure. Thank you for joining us on the Go Figure podcast. If you learned something that will help your business or family, take 30 seconds and give us a five-star. If we added value to your day then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the Seven Figures Funding YouTube channel. If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your net worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure Podcast.